So, thank you for joining the Chaos Cast. We're glad you came. We hope you check out our sponsors. We hope you check out our website. And we hope you join our email subscription list. And we hope you leave a good review and hit that follow button, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. And thank you for helping us with the show. Thank you for listening. Y'all have a good one. We also hope that you will join us by uh, in supporting the Chaos Cast by leaving us a review if you're listening to one of our podcasts hitting the follow button and sharing that podcast out to your friends also go check out our daily content that we share on all of our uh, social media platforms on tiktok instagram facebook youtube clapper and snapchat and twitter we're on all those we're uploading fairly regularly so go check those out and give us a give us a follow on whatever platform you use and hit that notification bell so you'll get notifications when the new content's uploading. So we thank you, my friends, for coming to listen to Chaos Cast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's see here if I can get you on my podcast. Well, get this mic up under this phone here. All right, so um, Tom, what do you got for us today on this inflation? What What do you got to say about this on inflation today? We got a caller in here. Let me get this going. I, okay, it is going. All right, well, Tom, what do you got for us today? All right, so I believe that a lot of inflation is caused by the price of fuel. You there? Right now. Okay. You you you, you went out for a second. Can so, you repeat what yeah, you said? Yeah, I, I, I had a. Yeah. Now, go ahead, bud. You got the floor. Well, he got he got kicked out. Um. Okay. Let's see if it'll let him come back in. All right. There we go. All right, Tom. Can you hear us? Uh, I, I got a call and it made everything echoey, so I jumped out and jumped back in, in again. All right, there you go. We got you. But the the price of fuel, I believe, directly affects the rest of inflation with the prices in the stores or whatnot. Uh, I I drive a truck, um, and the companies are paying more for low speed shipped because we had to cover the cost of fuel. Well, the company does. And, to, and the guy who lives in the city, all your stuff comes in on a truck. Everything you got. Yeah, exactly. Now, that's that's something that, that does need to be brought up. Um, so, now I know the answer to this. Most of us know the answer to this. How much food does a city produce for itself, Tom? How much food do, do, do they carry <laughs> to the grocery store from the city itself? <laughs> Zero. And if anything, it's small gardens. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you don't see many small gardens in the city. Not like you do out in, in the country. Um, so, 
so what are we looking at with fuel right now? I've I've heard some tell that the strategic reserves are still uh, they're still dwindling. They're still they're not re- replacing it. Um, that, so what are y'all seeing with, with coming? Um, how do I word this? What do you see coming down the pipe for diesel right now? Well, uh, I've actually seen recently the prices have shot up again. Mm-hmm. It, it, it did drop for a little bit, but uh, I just filled up. I think of where I was. I want to say it was Iowa, and I'm looking at $4 and change a gallon. Uh, took almost $800 to fill up the, Man. the truck itself and the reefer. So, are you paying for your fuel, or are you a company worker that that they they give you a gas card? I'm I'm a company worker, and if you give me a sec, I'm already checking this warehouse right quick. I'll go on pause for a sec. Okay. So right now, folks, if you're just now coming in, uh, we got good to see you, Amanda. We seen you you hop in there, um, Roberto. Uh, thanks for that uh, joining in there and, and getting that follow. Uh, it isn't just the fuel; it's corporate America. To, to taking advantage of the poor. And we we do see corporate America driving the price up when it comes to uh, the stocks and, and um, the trading. Uh, they do drive up, that up. There's been articles about that, you know, because one of the safest things to put your money in is commodities because people need commodities. People ain't going to stop buying peanut butter. People ain't going to stop buying... Uh, meat, they're not going to stop buying anything, you know, so they drive that price up. Um, so we're talking, um, we're, we're talking to this uh, guy that's a truck driver right now, and uh, he's telling us fuel is going up. He's talking about the price he's paying per gallon. And I've talked to other truck drivers, and um, one, of, one of the things that you're seeing too that's driving up the cost is packaging packaging and um uh, materials getting materials um and i work at a place that sells base materials i'm in a mine so we're seeing a drop in demand and that could be that that's not because people aren't buying this stuff it's because um I, i'd say because they don't have a way to get it there effectively um uh, price wise and they may not have the packaging at the time to put the product in, the product's going to sit there and go go bad. So I, I know a guy that drives a truck, and he drives for the feed companies. So we're seeing that issue. He says we can't get enough stuff to make the bags. We're having problems getting base materials. They're having to replace things. Um, we have a man here that's that's telling you about how they're having to pay him more. Uh, um, one of the things about um, being paid more now is. Um, that affects the price of what you're paying for the food because that comes out of what it takes to get that food to that city. Now, we just mentioned that um, cities don't produce any food, hardly N- nothing that goes in your grocery store. There might be a few people like the Operation Curtis Stone has down in, I think it's um, California, I think he, or Arizona. No, he's in Arizona. But again, I want you to think about that. If you live in a city and you don't have a plan to get out of there when food riots happen, now they may not happen. Some of the stuff we're going to talk about today 
there are things that that project that we're going to be fine here in America to a degree. But then again, we may not because we're in a global economy. We may produce a lot of rice here, but you got to remember we export a lot of things. And when that goes, when a company and or a corporation owns that rice crop, because you got a lot of corporate farms. They're not just, they're not worried about what's happening to you, the individual. They're worried about selling it for the best price they can. Um, and that's the prime uh, issue you're going to have in um, what we call laissez-faire capitalism. Now, capitalism itself, I don't believe is, is bad. But when you get into laissez-faire capitalism, that's what's bad. That's what caused the Irish potato famine. When you have these rich oligarchs that own all the property, they're not worried about the farmers. The blight hits. The farmers have to sell the potatoes one way or another. They're not able to live off their crop. So then they just quit growing. That didn't just cause one person a problem. That uh, One country a problem. That caused two countries a problem. And, um, you know, it, it, was a, it was a bad outlook on the queen that they had at that time that allowed that to happen. Most of what we grow here, we ship overseas, and they ship their goods to the U.S. All right, so um, I'm going to go ahead, and we're going to get into some of the, the news stories that we're looking at today since we got the podcast going, and it was good to have uh, Mike in here. Uh, was it Mike or Tom? I, I'm losing track of who I was talking to. <laughs> That's bad, ain't it? Tom, Tom Coletti. Okay, yeah, that's Tom Coletti. Well, I say Mike. I don't know where I got Mike. My mind went goes ten different places. One thing, because you know, it wasn't part of the plan, but it was great to have him in here to throw that in here as a truck driver. So I guess the thing that, in when you go to the podcast, if I can get the podcast uploaded, I'm having issues with my computer. Y'all should pray for me down here. But um, we're going to start with uh, Yahoo Finance, a story that's out. Uh, these foods will be in short supply in 2023, so stock up now or find alternatives, which finding alternatives is good. It's always good to know alternatives. It's always good to know. Um, it's always good to know what you need. Um, so, so we had the, the eggs and the baby formula in 2022. So some of the things we're going to see, and these are all staple foods. These are all things that are the base on a lot of the things you buy that, you know, if you buy in highly processed foods, these are, uh, these are a lot of the bases. So you're going to see um, corn is going to be one of them things that's in short supply. Uh, Ukraine, it's been one of the world's leading providers of corn, but that's changed since Russia's invasion. And we'll talk a lot about what's going on in with the Black Sea, um, that Black Sea grain deal. Uh, we're going to see a shortage on bread because of flour and wheat shortages. Um, again, when, when you see something happening, you're going to feel it down the line. Uh, we're seeing something about... Um, from Kelly over here, we're seeing a shortage on cherries and peaches. Um, so she lives in a farm county. And so that's something to add to that list that they're not likely looking at. Um, we're going to keep seeing shortages on baby formula. Um, champagne. You worried about that sh champagne? Let's see here. Canned pet food. So, uh, yeah, if you're you're having it, you're, you're going to be wanting to... Um, we're going to be wanting to find an alternative to that canned pet food. You might need to... See about that. All right. I was able to get out of that. So y'all watch that happen in real time. I got recorded on the podcast. I got to go back and delete that. <laughs> Unplug it. <laughs> yeah. I was able to back up out of there. But um, 
one of the big things we're seeing right now, you know, you had your your Russian, um, your landmark deal. So we're back. We're going again. <laughs> now, the battery wasn't dead. I've never had that happen with this computer. It must have been something insane. Who knows? Um, but I got out of it. Was, it was weird. It was on Yahoo. So I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Um, I'm using a search engine. So hopefully that helped me out. All right, so um, we recently had Russia. They they halted the landmark deal, and we're going to read you this from the AP. Uh, this is uh, this was from July seventeenth. So just you know, this has been going on, ongoing for a while. Um, Russia on Monday halted a breakthrough wartime deal that allowed grain to flow from Ukraine to countries in Africa, the Middle East, and Asia, where hunger is a growing threat and high food prices have pushed more people into poverty. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said the Black Sea Grain Initiative will be suspended until demands to get Russian food and fertilizer to the world are met. An attack on Mon an attack Monday on a bridge connecting the Crimean Peninsula to Russia was not a factor in the decision, he said. When the part of the Black Sea deal related to Russia is implemented, Russia will immediately return to the implementation of the deal, Peskov said. So basically, this is they're fighting sanctions in Russia. Plus, we had the bridge that was bombed. Some say that was, you know, the reason. Of course, they're going to say, um, they're going to say what is, um, they're, they're going to say, um, you know, whatever they feel like is the best to put out there. So anyways, they, they, you had this landmark grain deal. While the war is going on, they're allowing shipments to go out. Why? Because we have a global economy. People are literally starving because of this war. Um, Middle Eastern, um, Asian, and African countries depend on these exports. You know, this is the the, the new the um, the new age, folks. It, it don't matter what's growing next door. You could be starving depending on what's growing next door. Because some corporation owns that. Some corporation, ha you know, they own the tractors. They own um, the farms. Not all of them, but they own a lot of what you're seeing um, going on where that food's being produced. And they get to say where it goes. So what we're seeing is the global economy breaking down. Now, again, you know, believe what you want. Do, you know, say what you will. Um, you know, me being a man of faith. Um, I, I read about, I almost named this, the pale horse cometh. And there is that, um, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, when you read in Revelations about it, it talks about him coming with a, a scale. And it, it talks about um, an ephah, barley, I believe, costing a denarii. But basically, when you break it down and you study into that, the cost of, uh, the amount of food is basically enough, just enough, to keep a person alive. That's starvation uh, survival, you know, basic amount. And then it, the uh, the amount of money you're paying is basically a day, it, what it costs, like a day's wage, the average day's wage in that, that time and point. So what they're saying, what the prophecy was saying, well, hey, you're going to be working all day just to, to get enough to keep yourself alive. And we're not there yet, but... We are starting to see these shortages. We are seeing a world war. That's predicted when you talk when you talk about that fiery red horse that's coming um, and, and talks about people dying. Um, so you may not believe, and I understand that completely, but it is 
we are seeing these things all converge. We're seeing a one world government. We're seeing um, we're we're seeing the push of a cashless society. And we're we're you're seeing more and more reporting on um, digital. You're seeing more and more reporting on the digital dollars that um, that the central banking systems are wanting to come out with. And that's going to be directly tied into a social credit score. We've already seen that implemented in the world uh, in certain in a certain country. And, and you're going to be dictated on what you can buy and sell. You're not going to be able to buy and sell without this. They're actually right now looking. Uh, there is a country and I believe it may be in Norway, maybe completely wrong. But I was reading the, the a post the other day that talked about um, how they, they were testing out this chip that would allow you to buy and sell. Now we've all heard about that, and you know it's going to be um, it's going to be in your hand, it's going to be on your forehead. I could see that happening now because we already have things like Google Glass. They could have a chip that would go into your forehead that would be there for multi-purpose, not just um, you know you walk through a scanner, you pay for your food. But also, it would be there to monitor and, and see what you're seeing. It could be tied into your eye. You look at all these things with Neuralink. Um, you look at what is happening. I'm not saying Neuralink is what, you know, the mark of the beast. I'm not saying that uh, using these digital currencies are the mark of the beast. It's clear you're going to have a choice of allegiance when you read Revelations. And um, that, that's clear. You're not going to just accidentally take the mark of the beast. You're going to make a clear choice of allegiance to that that ruler that is in control of everything that everybody sees as a world messiah. But that being said, getting, getting through that, we do see that prediction of worldwide famine. Now there's never been a time in history where we, we, we could see a worldwide famine because we've never had a time in history where the world's food sources were completely tied together like they are now. And that so many nations were dependent on other nations for those food sources. That, that's what happened is, is when we went to a global system, certain areas started focusing on certain things. And that's what we're seeing happen right now with India. India is a huge exporter of rice and especially white non-Basmati rice. And so we are seeing um, issues right now. Now, Thailand is, you know, they're, they're letting, making it known we're not going to back down on our exportation of rice and so with that being said thailand is going to um profit from this until they need the rice to keep their people fed then everybody that depends on that rice is going to suffer and that's what we're seeing this we're seeing this in places like africa we're seeing this in, in the developing world uh these people that are uh, struggle, you know, struggling to come out of a third world status. They're struggling to come out of, you know, a, a non-technical society into an industrialized society. We're seeing these people, they're suffering on, uh, you know, with the basic staple foods. Now, these ain't people that just go to a Walmart and they'll get, you know, some hot pockets. These are people that go to a, to a market or they go to uh, a place to buy food and they probably don't have near as many um, near as many much processed food. They don't have near as many uh, selections as we do here in the developed world. And they rely heavily on these staple foods. They rely heavily on, um, you know, knowing how to cook a meal. Most I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people in America that don't know how to cook a meal. 
if if our modern society was to break down because of a lack of electricity, we had a chronomass ingestion, which we've had a ton of solar flare activity in the last decade, um, and and it has caused issues um, with different kinds of magnetic storms and things that we have uh, radiation. But then, what if we were hit with a tactical EMP? Now. Nations are developing this. We've not hardened our grid in a lot of ways. Some of our militaries hardened. But what if we didn't have? What if we were thrown into to third world status overnight? We don't even know how to cook these base, um, th these base uh, foods, these these base staple foods. We don't even know how to grow our own food. We don't know how to. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of these corporations wouldn't know how to operate without the machinery that would be destroyed. Because a lot of that machinery, the modern machinery these corporations use, um, have you know computer drives in them that operate a lot of the systems. So you would have these, you would have a complete standstill. We would be in this situation. What if you were in this situation? So this is why we have these uh, th these podcasts, these blogs, um, these vlogs that we do, the videos we do, is to teach you about putting up food. And right now, if people in these developing world could put up food, they would. And people say, well, that's crazy. We'll all, we had somebody just a minute ago said, well, there's going to be plenty of food in the stores. Uh, I live in a city with plenty of foods, plenty of uh, grocery stores, plenty of pharmacies. Okay, so within a day, within a half a day, those would be wiped out because you would have people that would preemptively stock up. But you have people with that mentality. Why? I mean, it's there because they did not grow up in a society that – had to grow their own food. They were not raised in an agricultural uh, culture like our, our predecessors were. Uh, I'd say our great our grandparents and great grandparents were. Uh, we, we were a highly agrarian society, and uh, we went to an industrialized society, and that changed everything since the 1900s. We've been growing in that, and now it's pretty well solidified in America. You have people that are doing the homesteading movement, but you don't have enough to feed everybody, so that's why we talk about stocking up. We're we're the we are the first society in history that that I can find that have completely given up their food security. That that do not put up food for the winter. That do not produce their own food. That do not know how to. Um, that do not know how to harvest their own food. That do not know how to grow their own food. That do not know how to store their own food. So in, in all reality, in history, in the scope of history, we're the abnormal ones that depend on other people. Zay, thanks for that follow. We appreciate you. We're the weirdos. We're the weirdos. So this is why I, I, I preach on uh, preparedness, having food. Will order be restored? Yes, eventually will. We, we will or it took a while, but order was restored in um the USSR and the Balkans after the collapse back in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, uh, order was restored in a lot of your South American communities to a degree. Uh, there's still a lot of poverty in those areas as those nations have collapsed and risen back up. We recently seen some South American nations that were collapsing and people were starving. There were reports of cannibalism. Um, and actually, we've seen it happen in Russia two different times. You had the Holodomor in the 30s, and that was a very significant thing. There were documented acts of cannibalism, over 20, I think, over 2,100 uh, people that were convicted for cannibalism because there literally was no food. 
There literally was no food. So you had that happen. You've had it happen throughout history. We, we, we grew up seeing feed the children, um, seeing feed the children uh, ads to support children in uh, drought stricken areas and famine stricken areas of Africa. And so this has happened. We are pretty, pretty abnormal to be doing what we're doing. And you see people come in and say, it'll be okay. Nothing's going to happen. But yet these same people were saying the same things before uh, prior to coronavirus. They were saying, we're not going to see inflation. We're not going to see, um, shortages. We're not going to see anything disappear. People are crazy. And then those same people were on Facebook. And I seen them, these people are nuts. I can't find formula anywhere. Okay. Those same people were on there making those complaints, thinking people were hoarding when really, literally the stores just, you know, were not set up to take on that much people coming in because so many people and, and the reports were saying this, so many people went out to eat. And then those people were automatically laid off and locked down. And so you had tons of food that was set aside for restaurants and they were having to flip over and try to get that out to people. Pays to be prepared. And, and that's why we work with ReadyWise. Uh, Code Chaos 10 is going to save you 10%. So if you want to put up food for an emergency, if you want to put up a few months worth of food, which is what I recommend, at least three months. Um, if you want to have good uh, food for your your child, quick and easy food to put up that, that would benefit you in a disaster that you would not have to do anything but heat heat the water up and put in there. I'm going to tell you, ReadyWise has got uh, they got you covered on that. Uh, they've got buckets. They got survival buckets. You can get one per per member of your family and have everybody set for a month. Now the reason I push food storage is because when you and I have a friend here Kelly who's bringing up some good things hunt can garden dehydration and those are things you need to know but in the initial phase of a disaster especially if it was a, a countrywide disaster like we've seen in the Balkans we've seen in the USSR you're going to have the people flowing out of those cities like that person we were talking to earlier that said they have plenty of pharmacies and grocery stores you're going to have those people flooding out of those cities because there will be no trucks running in them because of the food rights, because of what we've seen over the last uh, five to six years of, of rioting. You're, that's going to be just exponentially. Um, it's it's going to be blown way farther out in less space than we're used to, than we've ever seen. Because you, you're not just going to have people that are mad. You're going to have the hungry people, people that got their kids. They're going to they're going to be out there with their kids, just trying to find a bite to eat. And then you're going to see those people begin to go out looking for food in other areas. And so they're going to destroy crops. They're going to kill animals that because desperate people will do anything. And then you're going to have the people in the country that don't know how to do anything. Because don't think everybody out here knows how to do it. I had a friend tell me one time, it's easier to make a way for yourself out in the country. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, hardly anybody grows gardens anymore. We all go to the grocery store. And it blew his mind that we did, you know, we weren't all just, you know, growing our own, our own food, raising livestock, living off the land, which some of us do. I have for years. I've, you know, hunted, butchered deer, done canning, grown gardens, got a garden going right now, raise livestock. But you're going to have people raiding your chicken pen. You're going to have people raiding. You're going to have to hide livestock to keep it alive because people are going to get hungry. They're going to get desperate. And a mother's going to be out there trying her best to keep her, you know, however many children she has. And some of these, uh, I just seen a post the other day of a woman, a single mom that had eight kids, uh, had 12 kids with eight different dads. 
and she was telling whoever come to get her to have plenty of money to because her kids love KFC and um, and from what I could read from that, that tender post <laughs> was that she didn't she didn't support herself. So when that mom comes out of that city with them eight children or Octom, what was it, Octomom? When they come out of that city, they're going to be hungry. And you're not going to be able to go out on the street. You're not going to be able to go to the grocery store. You're not going to even be able to go to your garden. You're not going to be able to eat. You're going to be in, you're going to be in trouble. That's why I push raising your own food, learning these skills, but also having that initial stock. Because you're going to have to hunker down. You're going to have to hide in a, in a major disaster. Or, or you're going to be in a, be one of these in a FEMA camp and then you're going to have to deal with whatever they give you. And that might be starvation rations. They might not have any rations, you know, but, um, yeah, ready wise got you covered and pack fresh USA. If you are someone that raises your own food, or if you are someone that decides to go the cheaper route of putting up your own food, pack fresh USA, we have the link on our landing page and you can use code edge to save 10% there. And, um, you're going to be able to get Mylar bags. You're going to get, be able to get sealers like this uh, mini sealer we have right here. And you're going to be able to put up your own food. And uh, also, putting up heirloom seed, knowing how to grow it. You, you need to learn, know how to get, get it to germinate. Uh, you need to understand what you need to do, how much you're going to need to try and germinate to get germ germination uh you know, to get the right amount of germination of seeds so that you can get the right amount of plants and to get the right amount. It's a, it's a process. you got to learn it, and you got to learn to keep seed. But uh, ReadyWise actually has their seed vaults right now, and you can save 10% on those seed vaults um, when they're not on sale. You know, but 10%. We have that link, those two links to Pack Fresh USA and ReadyWise online now. And I, I highly suggest being ready to, to bug in in a disaster, to be ready to... Uh, shelter in place in these things. Yeah, storage of seeds properly. Uh, Kelly's talking about now. Uh, ReadyWise has got a bucket that it's a ten-year storage life, but I believe you probably get more, especially if you put it in a in a cooler area. Uh, but knowing how to freeze the seeds um, and and st store them in cool areas is going to be key. How to dry them, how to ferment them. Those are key things. So one of the big things about this this you know people say, well, Russia and Ukraine could reach a deal on um, you know, a new deal on the grain. Now, one of the key things that's happening there is is uh, Russia has attacked Ukraine's main inland port across the Danube River from Romania. And so they, they, they bombed this, and that sent the markets just, you know, into uh, chaos when they did that. Uh, the Ukrainian Deputy Prime Minister Oleska Skandar Kubrakov, Kubrakov said the Russian the Russian attacks damaged almost forty thousand tons of grain, which had been destined for countries in Africa as well as China and Israel. Moscow is waging a battle of global catastrophe. Pre President Vladimir Zelensky said in his nightly video address. In their madness, they need world food markets to collapse. They need a price crisis. They need distribution disruption disruptions in supplies. So this is world war. This is war, folks. This is war, my friends. Um, uh, mullen. Oh, okay. So you're you're growing beanies, growing mullen. Um, but this is this is war. This is why you are prepared. We've not seen this in years. So uh, World War II was the last time we seen anything like this. Um, look at the food rationing. 
Look at the Victory Gardens. We produced around 40-some-odd percent of our own food just from Victory Gardens in our backyard during World War II here in America. And that's us getting into the wars later than everybody else. I mean, you're looking at Great Britain. You're looking at uh, France. You're looking at all these different places that, you know, that were suffering immensely. There were areas where they were um, cutting up um, tack leather and boiling it. Yeah, that's something you can do. Uh, leather, leather can be uh, boiled and you can get calories out of it. And that was something that they were doing because they were starving. They were they would have been glad to have a lot of rations uh, that the American soldiers were carrying into the trenches when they first started going over into the war. Uh, same thing happened during World War One. And so this is why it's key to be prepared. Um, so another thing, uh, it's not going to show us this whole um this whole story on uh, Bloomberg because it's behind a paywall. But one of the things, uh, the headline here, India's rice export bans sparks concern that sugar may be next. So, uh, so sugar output in India and Thailand may drop on erratic weather. So we're dealing with that. Uh, sugar, sugar's a, a, a big on, you know, that's a big calorie. That's a big contributor to your calories. So think about that. Um, what would happen if you began to uh, see an increase in just the sugar? Sugar's in everything, if you didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of your fast food joints are putting sugar in there to make it um, to make it addictive, I guess you'd say. Um, so you're going to see increases in there. See, a lot of these staple foods, they're in the foods you buy. So you may not buy a bag of sugar. You may not buy a bag of rice. You may not buy a lot of these things you're seeing. You think this will not affect me. Yes, it will because it's going to be, it's a base material. Wheat germ is in everything. That's what, um, that's what, when you see gluten free, well, they're excluding the wheat germ in that because somebody has a wheat germ allergy. Now the gluten free, uh, society, well, they're going to be all right. Which, by the way, Ready Wise has gluten free, so go check them out. Um, but yeah, uh, we see this picture here of the sugar cane uh, that they they grow here, and we're looking at a possibility of not being able to uh, not being able to uh, get just the basic things: sugar, rice, wheat. Uh, we're seeing when we read that one article, they were talking about corn. They were talking about vegetable oil because they get vegetable oil from corn. Um, that, that goes into uh, ethanol. You know, you're going to see gas prices go up because we got these mandates for ethanol. The cornbread and onions. Yes. Hey, Sarah Lou, good to see you, girl. Um, Beanie is talking about she's got a lot of rice and pintos put up. And, and, you know, that is the base thing that, you know, we have in, in preparedness is rice and beans. That's what we tell everybody to start with. And that's where you pack fresh USA comes in. That's when you want your mylar bags and they have those thick mylar bags. They have those individually wrapped oxygen absorbers. Because when you open like a hundred count pack of oxygen absorbers, you got 30 seconds to use them and seal those bags. So they have those individually wrapped ones. So that's why I promote them. They they have instructionals. 
But that's the thing. We put up lots of beans and rice because that's your ba- some of your base calories. We put up flour. We put up cornmeal. We put up sugar. Why? Because and vegetable oils and things of that nature, but and cooking oils. Why? Because those are base. Those those are the things you start your meals with. That, that's there's a lot of people I know that lived off pinto beans and cornbread, and or rice and beans. You know. When in their early stages of marriage, or when they when they got laid off, you got a lot of kids that lived in households where people were laid off back during two thousand eight, and people went to eating rice and beans. So these are the things you have to look at. And right now, it's not hurt me having rice put up. It's it, what 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 I basically seen is the value of the rice and pinto beans that I have put up has tripled. Probably quadrupled now, and is looking at quintupling. I think that's is that right? Is that five, six tuple? Is that six? I think that's six. I, I don't know. But anyways, I digress. You need to have a plan. You need to have some sort of idea of what you're going to do. Don't don't wait till it happens. You know. Don't be like that. Um, that the Bible, you know, where the Bible talks about that lazy man and a little, a little rest, you know, and then they came to destruction. Um, I'll do this tomorrow. I'll be okay. Kind of mentality. Yeah, um, Kelly's talking about learning to forge. So I, I like a lot of what Kelly's bringing up here over on Clapper. Uh, these are uh, the basic things. How you doing, Jerry Dale? Good to see you, bud. But uh, a lot of the, it's not going to be just putting up food. It's going to take. Every part of you and every food source you can manage to get you through. Uh, it's going to, you know, this is what the settlers did. This is what the Indians did, or the Native Americans, if we want to say, you know, but a lot of Indian uh, Native Americans call themselves Indians. Uh, so, but anyways, this this is what societies have done throughout history. You know, they, they foraged, they gathered, they hunted, they, they would fish, they would set traps, trap lines, they would set... Um, you know, traps out in the ocean to catch shellfish and whatnot, uh, fish traps, um, raising livestock, and not just cattle. You know, cattle's kind of, you know, raising cattle and, and the, the way we do it is a new thing. Uh, but yeah, people raise cattle to get beef, they, to get milk. Um, but at the same time, they had a lot of small, you know, you talked to a lot of people that grew up having goats, having sheep, or having uh, rabbits, eating chicken a lot. Some people that didn't eat a lot of meat at all because they just had to live off what they could grow because you didn't have a, a, a lot of wildlife to hunt in certain areas. But foraging, you know, plantain, um, you know, wild rice, there's all kinds of things in your area. Uh, if you live in Appalachia, in Appalachia, there's all kinds of stuff. If you live in the Amazon rainforest, there's all kinds of stuff um, down there if they don't burn it all down and destroy it, searching for gold and, and logging it. But, um, yeah, the, the, you, you've got to have every edge you can have. And by the time people, when people left um, east and, and made it out west, when the settlers were going west, they, uh, many of them had gained a lot of experience in how to survive the ones that made it. They learned how to live off the land. They learned the tricks that got them by. A lot of them had Indian or, um, or Native American or um or um, people, mountain men, that led them west, led these wagon trains west. So they had people to teach them these things. And the ones that learned, they usually survived unwell. The ones that didn't, 
Well, they were the ones that got buried on the side of the road. Yeah. Or if you got cholera, you know. But, or smallpox. Yeah, a lot of different things they caught, too. Or if you just got an infection, you know. There's a movie about it. A thousand ways to die in the West, I think. <laughs> There's so many ways to die. Exposure, you know, getting getting attacked by uh, native tribes. You know, the Blackfeet, they, they, they come in, just kill you, wouldn't even talk to you. But, yeah, so I implore you, start looking at putting something up. Start looking at being prepared. Start looking at root cellars. Start looking at gardening. Start looking at microgreens, stuff you can grow inside under lights uh, or in greenhouses that you can uh, secure. Start looking at uh, livestock. Start looking at micro livestock. You know, be careful if you got kids that got shellfish allergies. You have to be careful if you're, if you're, raising uh mealworms i mean i'll eat some mealworms if i get hungry but if i you know but that's gonna be some chicken protein i'm gonna get some eggs if i can but look at you know enclosed chicken coops look at uh rabbit hutches inside you know you know inside garages or barns or whatnot stuff you can keep up that doesn't make a lot of noise you know you can get a you can raise get eggs off of hens w without a rooster or you know you can have a rooster and just keep him in a soundproof, uh, a little sound, a soundproof style until you need him to breed those hens. And then, you know, but them hens will lay for that first initial six months after a, a major, you know, a major breakdown of society. They'll, they'll lay eggs without a rooster. But these are things we got to look at. I mean, think about this, this thunderstorm. You know, people aren't able to get fuel. The roads are covered up with uh, trees. You know, there will be some places that are inaccessible just because of a thunderstorm because the, the road crews won't have a way of getting around. And even if you got fuel, some of the most of vehicles that would go around and do that work might be fried. So think about that. Be prepared. Look at the signs around you. Again, I, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, say, you know, we're seeing those things that were talked about in Revelations. We're seeing those things that have been talked about in the end times. And, you know, my relationship with Christ, I've always said it, you know, I, I have things put up, but, you know, you could always lose them. You could lose, you could not hit yourself, you could get knocked on the head and lose your knowledge. That'd be the last thing to go, probably. It might be the first one, depends on how many, how many head knockings you get. But, um, how many head knockings you get on a regular basis. But, um, you know, amidst all that, my preparation, my, my greatest preparation is not in myself. It's in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, I always have that that moniker, that um, that thing that I say that um, I am, you know, that I'm always prepared and never scared. And you may wonder, how can you say that? How can you, you know, guarantee that you're always prepared and never scared? Well, that's my relationship with Christ. I may not have food, but you know, like Paul said, I've 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 learned to uh, be in want. You know, he he had learned to abound uh, to be a base and abound, you know, he had learned to live in Christ and be satisfied in whatever situation he was in. Uh, his needs were met. The Lord met his needs as he needed them. And that's the thing I, I've seen in my life. You, you know, you could say, well, God's not real. You could give me all these different things that try and prove me, prove to me that, you know, my relationship with Christ is a sham to prove that God's not real. I'm, I'm believing fairy tales. But then, 
you know, there's a lot of evidence, but we've seen over the years how evidence can be skewed. But I, I'm going to tell you one thing I've seen in my own life. This is my personal experience that you can't argue with. It's so many things that happen, you know, specifically in my life that shouldn't have happened, that worked, that that set me, you know, up to do better, that, you know, fulfilled a need, that moved me up instead of down. That helped me to move forward. And so many times in my life, shouldn't have went one way and should have went the other, but just that certain thing happened at the right exact time. And so I, I want to leave you with that, you know, today. My greatest preparation is Christ, and he's always taking care of my needs, no matter what I've went through. And I want to trust him to take care of my needs no matter what happens. And that's good to do what you can, to put up what you can, to, to uh, work hard, to be ready to provide for your family. But I'm going to tell you this, my greatest preparation, I said, is my relationship with Christ. I could lose all that, and I know he'll take care of me, or if I die, I'm going to be with him. That's my, my greatest preparation. So I'm going to read you this uh, devotional from Max Licato's um, Grace for the Moment. I love reading this. Uh, hats off to him because he is a great author. But we're coming from Psalms 89 and 14. Your kingdom is built on what is right and fair. Love and truth are in all you do. The single most difficult pursuit is truth and love. That sentence is grammatically correct. I know every English teacher would like to pluralize it to read the most difficult pursuits are those of truth and love. But that's not what I mean to say. Love is a difficult pursuit. Truth is a tough one too. But put them together... Pursue truth and love at the same time, and hang on, you're in for the ride of your life. Love in truth, truth in love. Never one at the expense of the other. Never the embrace of love without the torch of truth. Never the heat of truth without the warmth of love. To pursue both is our singular task. And, you know, that that's the thing that we have to remember, you know, as preppers, you know, we talk a lot about, um, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. They should have prepared themselves. They should have been ready. I think in the end, uh, as a man of faith, there's going to be a lot more that I do to help folks. Because, Lord, Lord, I ain't never went without a blessing when I gave. And I don't think that's the, the Lord's going to change that just because we're in the middle of societal collapse. It's gonna, you know, when you give, there is that um, that promise that you're going to be given more. Now, am I going to just be throwing away, throwing everything out there? No, because I got to provide for my family. But will I take that opportunity to help people? Yes, because you never know what's going to come along. I do think as as those that are in the preparedness realm, we ne we need to remember that. I'm not saying give it all away, but I'm saying. Be mindful of the Spirit, test the Spirit, um, and be willing to go against what you have always said or always believed when it comes to charity. Because, you know, charity is that greatest thing. You know, love is, love never fails. So, yeah, that that is my message today. You know, if you've been listening to any of this and you feel a drawing to Christ, if you feel a drawing to have this type of reassuring relationship with, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, with our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, um, I implore you to 
admit your sins and repent of them and ask Christ to come into your heart and accept him as your Savior and begin to follow him. Begin to um, allow him to renovate your heart. You know, Christ, there's nothing beyond his power because he is God. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. And there's been many times I've seen him when I allowed him to work in my life or to use the bad things in my life, though how, how bad they may be, how long I may have to endure it in the end to benefit me. That kind of relationship is priceless. That kind of relationship's worth more than gold. That kind of relationship's worth more than all the ammo and food you could put up. <laughs> that kind of relationship has been what has been, it has been my cornerstone in my life. It has been that building block that has brought me through. Christ has changed me. Christ has given me purpose. Christ has has taken me from the depths, the miry clay, and lifted me up and built me up. Uh, you know, I was humbled in a lot of ways, but then he exalted me when I was humbled. When, when, I, when I put my reliance in him and not myself, you know, I'm a wretched person. We're, we can all be wretched people, but he is holy, he is pure, and he has seen the plight in our world. He's seen the evil in our world, and he does have a day of judgment planned for all that evil. All those, those evil people, you know, you, a lot of people talk about this this war, and you feel like there's no justice that's going on. But one day, God will be that justice. They will stand for an account. Those that are doing these evil atrocities, um, those, those human traffickers that we've seen in uh, Sound of Freedom, those people that are are committing these atrocities, like we see in. Um, the clips from Blake Lively talking about umbilical cords being in the child pornography. These people that try to sexualize our children in the schools. One day they will have to stand for an account for that. They may be able to convince the public that they're right. It may seem like they've won in the public's eyes. They may have people that will eventually one day sympathize with pedophiles. They may seem, it may seem like they went, they've won, but in the end, in the end, those innocent children, they'll be with Christ for all eternity. But those that exacted that evil will be judged and will have to, you know, they will take part in the lake of fire. And I'm going to tell you this right now. That's my stand on it. That's, that, that, that's the man I support. That's the God I support, the one that's going to ultimately judge evil. Even the ones that looked like they were right. Even the ones that tried to promote a false narrative that they were right. That's that's the kind of God I serve. And I've given him my life, and you can too today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time to talk with all our friends here on the Chaos Cast. I thank you for this time to share the faith, but also, Lord God, to show love by sharing skills and knowledge and wisdom, Lord Heavenly Father. Um, I pray that you continue, Lord Heavenly Father, to equip me and enable me to help people, Lord God, with knowledge and provisions and different things, Lord God, um, just just understandings that, that you can use me to provide for them for these times, Lord, of chaos that, that are descending upon our world, that are coming upon your people, that are coming upon the people of the world, Lord God. I pray that you help me to offer, Lord God, that way out, that that uh, expected end, Lord God, that you provide for your children, Lord God, that that 
that that end that you know those things that prosper us lord god i I thank you lord for that that in the end i will be saved i will be free from this evil in this world lord from this chaos we we face every day lord in jesus name we pray and they all said amen we thank you for joining us for the chaos case we're gonna try and have this up on recap we have been having a lot a lot of technical difficulties with chaos cats lately trying to get it uploaded in podcast form so um go check us out we're on all your podcast platforms look for the chaos cast look for our uh our symbol um that world with edge of chaos preparedness on the edge of it because it's on the edge of chaos and uh that e29 logo with the ghost knife in the middle that ghost knife represents the holy spirit because he is like a Double-edged sword cutting down to, cutting beyond bone and marrow to the heart of things. Um, and that's what he he's using us to do. He's using you to do it if you support us. he's uh, I'd like to thank everybody again that goes to ReadyWise and buys. We appreciate you. If you're thinking about buying, hey, we got you at discount with Chaos 10. Go check them out. Uh, if you're thinking about putting up your own food for, for your family, go check out Pack Fresh. That's our goal. I don't make a ton of money off these things. I mean, I make enough to keep the website going and to uh, put behind ad campaigns to keep sponsors coming in to keep, uh, you know, to, to do well with that. So, I mean, I'm not making no money, folks. I might get a few products I can use here and there. Uh, but a lot of it goes back into trying to educate you about the outdoors, educate you about preparedness, educate you about homesteading, educate you about the gear, that the good gear you need to use, not the gimmick gear. Um, all that goes back into this ministry we're trying to do right here. And we're seeing strides, though. I, I will tell you that. Keep us in your prayers. We're seeing strides right now. Right now, we're working with uh, a few different companies that are actually just paying for ads. They're just paying straight for ads. Um, they, they, you know, it's it's not some kind of, not just an affiliate program uh, where I make off the clicks. I actually make uh, money, and that's that's been doing a lot to go towards paying for the tools I need to create the content I need to create to help you grow. Featherhead, I thank you. I thank you for uh, for um, watching the content. Again, go support us on our um, our accounts, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. <clears throat> if you're listening on the podcast, go watch our short video uh, content. We got it on Shorts, Reels. We even post on uh, Twitter if you're on or X. Yeah, it's been a weird experience being on what the app formerly called Twitter that is now X. Uh, but, you know, it's what it is. They, they done meta, too. We got used to that. It's didn't really do as well as they thought, I don't think. But thank you for coming in to the Chaos Cast. Again, go watch our content. Uh, we do get paid per view. So help us out. Share it out to your social media. Those shares help us get more views with the algorithm. Um, yeah, help us out, folks. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for those that follow. Thanks for those that shared the live out. Thanks for the new folks that join us. Um, thank you for coming in. Y'all have a good one.
So, thank you for joining the Chaos Cast. We're glad you came. We hope you check out our sponsors. We hope you check out our website. And we hope you join our email subscription list. And we hope you leave a good review and hit that follow button, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. And thank you for helping us with the show. Thank you for listening. Y'all have a good one.